every position I got a diamond at. But if I'm not getting a Mushu, you ain't getting a Jeremy. <laughs> what? I feel like a young no more. Right to us. We're very friendly. Much love. Episode 71 of Going Deep with Matthew and Jeremy. However, today is a little bit different. Today is Going Deep with Jeremy and Jamal, where we are very happy to have Jamal, the author of base, uh, Brother on Baseball, back with us. How's it going, Jamal? I am good, Jeremy, and how are you? I am phenomenal. I haven't had anybody here to ask me lately, so I need to make sure everybody knows I've been phenomenal lately. We got a pretty solid list of stuff to go through today. A uh, quick rundown for today. Jamal, we're going to be talking about Lou Gehrig Day. We are going to be talking about kind of some improvements that we'd like to see overall in baseball. As everybody knows, there's always a lot of chatter on what exactly is going on in baseball. Uh, we got, we're going to be talking about your articles, break those down. And then we're going to be finishing off today with our All-Star Ballots, since today is day one of the of voting, fan voting for MLB All-Stars. So I think we are going to have a pretty, pretty solid episode for everybody. But before we get started... We always do one thing. We have our random question. However, today is not going to be my random question. Jamal, you're up. Okay. So random question of the day for you, Jeremy, is if you are going to be a professional player on any team, not the Dodgers, Lakers, or any Los Angeles team. So any Los Angeles team. (laughs) Which team would it be? That's a great question. Um... Hopefully, I have a great answer for you. So, I've talked about it a little bit on here. I haven't said too much. When I was probably like seven, eight years old, um, I used to go try to travel to baseball parks with my grandfather. First one I ever went to outside of Dodger Stadium was the old Yankee Stadium. And when you kind of walk in through those gates and you kind of see that, it's like an aura around Yankee Stadium and you know you have the Jesus clouds opening up the sun's right like on it and it's like oh it's like that when you go to Yankee Stadium now I would love to say I want to play for the Yankees however I don't know if I have the mindset to play for the Yankees I don't know if I can handle the New York media and that's me being 100% even if I got to that level I don't know if I can handle it so if I didn't go there San Diego's pretty nice but I couldn't play for the Padres just because of my love of the Dodgers I'd honestly have to leave the West just because I couldn't do that to them. But if I played in the West, I'd have to go AL. I don't want to play in, at Disneyland. A's are going to Vegas, which we'll probably talk about later. Vegas kind of sounds cool. But, um, hmm. That's a great question. Well, while I think about this, where would you play? Okay, so I cannot be a New York Met. Right? You cannot be. The Mets would be pretty cool. I don't know if there's as much pressure, but where would you play if you couldn't team. play for the Mets? I couldn't play for my favorite baseball team. And I'll even pick one that maybe we've discussed. I might have mentioned it to you in passing. I will go out of the United States, in fact. I will play for the Arsenal Gunners. The Arsenal Gunners. English Premier League in the EPL. So you're going to make a full-on switch. You're just not even going to play baseball. Yeah. Global game. Wow. Okay. Well, (laughs) I mean. Live in London. Why not? That would be pretty nice. So a quick thing on that. If I were to play in the EPL, I would Definitely play for Manchester United. I think I can handle that scrutiny because apparently it doesn't get to any of them over there. 
It doesn't give any of them a little kick in the butt. Um, I would definitely play for Manchester United, but if I were to play baseball somewhere, I kind of want to play for the Phillies. I feel like that would be pretty fun. I'll probably get booed a lot over there too, though. Maybe I just can't do the East Coast. Maybe that's what my issue is. Yeah, their fans are passionate there. Philly fans or something else. Got it. Send me to Milwaukee. I'll go kick it with Christian Yelich over there right now. Disappear? Yeah, I'll disappear for a little bit. Nobody will really know I'm playing, but at the end of the year, you're going to look at my stats and be like, wow, that guy's in the MVP conversation. I think I would like to go there. I think if I was playing baseball, if we're going to put me back in the States, I would probably go with either the A's or the Mariners. But kind of a similar... Oh, Mariners would be cool, too. I, I like Seattle. Big leagues, I get travel around, mm-hmm. you know, Pacific Northwest, okay, yeah, sure, sure, it rains, but you're playing in the summer, so, you know, like I said, you get to do all the big league stuff, but none of the big league pressure. The Mariners are never really that good anyway. And neither were the Brewers. That works out. Um, I know you're not a huge basketball guy. If you had to play basketball somewhere, and it wasn't for the Lakers. All right. Well, I are, play- are you even a Laker guy? You're not a Laker guy. I, okay, I think I may have mentioned this to you about the, growing up, I was a Utah Jazz fan. Big Carl Malone, John Stockton guy back when I was a kid. So even met Carl Malone once, but that's another story oh, wow. for another day. Um, so if I was going to play in the NBA, I would play for, since I can't be a Laker, the, again, similar to the Seattle, you know, Oakland, be on the Sacramento Kings. Oh, no, I would not let you go to the Kings. That would no be pressure. awful. Again, that's literally zero expectation for you. Exactly. <laughs> do I get an NBA paycheck? Yes. Do I travel all the NBA cities? Yes. De'Aaron Fox gets to go to an all-star game and everything, and there's no pressure to win. And there's no pressure no to win. No expectation of winning. But you'll never have a head coach for longer than two years. Are you okay with that? I'm not worried about it. I'm not there to win. I'm just to be in the NBA. <laughs> just living life. <laughs> um, if I were to play basketball and I couldn't play for the Lakers, send me to Miami. I'll go play with the Heat. Right, I yeah. love the. I think I could be part of the culture. Mm-hmm. I live in South Beach. Still get to travel everywhere. It, I feel like it's L.A. on the East Coast. Give right. it to me. Yeah, uh, Miami's a good one. Yeah, it's actually a good pick. And I love the jerseys. I have to yeah. like the jerseys in order to play there. Yeah. That's part of my Brewers decision. I love those creams. <laughs> those creams are now are so nice, and they're road unis. Um, great question. I like that one. I actually really had to think about that. I couldn't figure out where I wanted to play. <laughs> that is a great question. Um, thanks, Jamal. I appreciate that. Yep. Um, so moving on. Mm-hmm. June 2nd. Lou Gehrig Day, first one ever. Thoughts on it? Uh, it's good that they're, you know, supporting ALS. It's a, it's a worthy cause. And, you know, they're recognizing one of the legends of the game that a lot of people really don't know about, especially now, because, you know, since Cal Ripken broke his Lou Gehrig's record, what he was known for, it really did take some of the shine off of Gehrig. I mean, even now, if you said, okay, you're going to play 2,130 straight games, Expect any player to do that. That's otherworldly. Nobody's doing it. It's not going to happen. Um, like I like I mentioned to you before we were recording, you know, another little cool note is he's the all-time leader in Grand Slams. He has twenty-three. Sarah so, didn't pass him. No, did he tie him? I think, I think he tied him. Okay, I, I knew. I remember he, he got, was on he got, the he was he on the close. chase. Yeah, for he it. was chasing him. Yeah. He was chasing it. Um, but I think you're right. I think it's good to raise awareness. I know there's a lot of people in MLB kind of involved in it. I saw mm-hmm. Piscotti. Yeah. Yeah, his what? mother had it, and mm-hmm. she, she passed away from it. So it's very important to him. And, you know, there's a few others throughout the game, but it's, again, because it's known for a baseball player, it's really easy for Major mm-hmm. League Baseball and you know one of Major League Baseball's most famous moments. You know, the speech. Yeah, his speech 
it, it's something that's wrapped into baseball history, which, you know, don't get me started on the little NFT thing that's going on with the, his speech that they're trying to. Are they trying to sell that? Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> have you gotten into any of the NFT stuff? No, no, no. no I'm no. not going to lie to you. I have some NBA ones. They're absolutely worthless. Yeah. I tried to, I looked up, like, their market value. It was, like, a dollar. Yeah. Don't buy them. Don't buy them. Um, unless you get, like, some lucky. You're lucky enough to get, like, a LeBron thing, and that thing goes for a crap load of money. But I kind of thought it was a good idea, too. Like we said, there's a lot of people. Well, like you said, ALS is kind of, kind of. I don't know why, associated well, we know why associated yep. with baseball. So I think it was a good idea to bring it out. Always good to try to help these causes out there. Um, the one thing I would ask for is that MLB needs to bring back the special jerseys for all of these kind of special days um, I'm instead of the you. patch. Okay, I'm kind of with you, but kind of not. Because I could get behind it, but I know for MLB, it's just a marketing tool. It's another mm-hmm. way to sell a different hat or a different jersey. Do they truly care about a lot of these initiatives? Not so much. It's just another way to put a stamp on something. That way they can put it out in the community. Yeah, we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Versus, you know, you're actually you know, putting in the work. Does being like kind of showy about it. So like, so like this weekend, again, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be military guy or not or whatever. I'm not being that. But like, you know, having camouflage hats and things like uh, that. You know, it kind of takes away from it for you. Yes. Okay, that's fair enough. I understand the marketing standpoint of it. I understand to make the dollar off of it. Heck, you know, uh, I have a pink baseball bat. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, I just thought it was really cool and it was a different kind of experience for people that collect it. For me, you go to my closet right now, I have a ton. I always kind of want something different. And for me, my own selfish needs, I like it when they have those type of different jerseys because it makes you stand out from others. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, it it makes sense. Again, the standing out is cool, but just again, when everybody's doing it, it kind of takes away from it. Just kind of like the Jackie Robinson, everybody wears 42 jerseys. I'm kind of over that even because you have people who... Again, in their own private lives, have their own private thoughts, aren't necessarily standing for a lot of the things Jackie Robinson stood for. So why mm-hmm. am I going to make this individual wear this jersey? Do you that, think it should be a choice? It, yeah, that would work. Be a choice or designate an individual player on the team. You're our guy for today. There's a Jackie Robinson award, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. Like a community award that everybody get. You get one. Res- no, 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 no. No, am no, I no, thinking of no, the wrong no. one? Yeah, yeah, that's the Clemente Award. Okay, the you're Clemente right. Award. The you're Jackie right. Robinson Award is the Rookie of the Year. You're right. You're right. I, but I like your idea. Maybe you designate a person. Yeah. And then you kind of have that going. Um, what I had suggested, uh, I was talking to one of my friends and I said, okay, do it this way then. Or give them on Jackie Robinson Day a different uniform that day. Mm-hmm. So now you're our, quote, Jackie Robinson. You're the only guy on the field that looks like you. Mm-hmm. So if, say, we're the Dodgers, we're all wearing white. It's a home game. I'm going to have this other guy in a say a blue uniform and it makes people question why is he wearing a blue uniform on this specific day which leads more to that discussion and it gets you closer to a little bit of the experience of okay i'm jackie robinson i'm the only one out here on this Mm -hmm. field who looks like me eyes are on me just because of what i look like i think that's a good idea i like that idea um yeah definitely brings attention to more of how you felt right and those beginning those well, I was going to say beginning days, but yeah. basically his whole career there. Um, that would be really interesting. Yeah, because again, eyes I are on that, you. I like that one. You can just go play your game, but it's like, again, little six-year-olds asking, why does he wear blue? Or a new fan, why is he in the blue uniform and they're in the white uniform? Makes you tell the story. Now you're telling the story, and it's like, okay, now it makes me think, 
how would I feel if that's me? I'm the one on this field in front of all these people wearing this other uniform. You know, unlike a soccer game, obviously, the goalie wears a different mm-hmm. uniform. But this is, I'm standing out at second base. I'm not, you know, the goalie, nobody really notices him until the ball's over. Yeah, until the ball's <laughs> over. No, you're being noticed the whole time, the yeah. whole game. Yeah. I think that's a very good idea. I think, Manfred on so, the yeah, phone. we need to get Manfred on the phone. Um, we have a couple of things to talk to him about. There goes my idea of my jersey collecting, though. But I like the idea. What I was thinking about, because, so, I watch a lot of games with my mom, and we used to, well, not we used to, but... Not not too long ago, we bought my dad a um, Dodgers jersey, and it was a camouflage one. Like, the Dodgers in camo. I mean, we were like, man, those are, like, really something. And I kind of like, I always wanted to get my mom, when they still had it, I had no money, but I have a couple bucks now. But I like the the Mother's Day when they used to do, like, pink hat, like, or blue with the, like, if it's Dodgers blue with right. the pink, pink. LA, oh, right. the Dodgers are in pink, and you still get the little patch, yeah, you're the, the breast cancer awareness patch. That's why. That's kind of my thought process. Like, I always wanted to get her one of those. I always... Like one, also one day get the, my dad the. You used to remember they used to change it like the the Father's Day yeah, maybe blue like blue yeah. So that's kind of also my thought process. I really like those rather than just a patch because I feel like the patch doesn't say enough at times. Yeah, it doesn't question like yeah you see the patch like why is the patch there? But if you see a whole pink uniform, why is it why is the uniform pink? What are we trying to talk about? Right. So that's kind of what I used to like about it. But kind of speaking on what we want to change, we I thought it would be a cool idea. Um, you've written about it a little bit. What can we do to change today's game? I know you have all the stats. I know it's in your head. Can you tell me what today's MLB average is? Strikeout rate? Not very good for the eye, right? Yeah. Not very pleasing to the eye. Doesn't make me more interested. I don't even want to say like pure baseball fans yeah. like it. Just because like, you know, like some people like dominant pitchers. They like the pitching matchups. I don't even think they like it because it's so ugly at the at the plate at times. Okay, but I might be a little bit of a contrarian here. I know we talked about it a little bit last time. I figured we could get a little bit more into depth on it. And then maybe we could talk about some stuff if we were in charge for a day on what we would change. But I feel like you have something on your mind. So why don't you go ahead and tell me about what, okay, what's so going on. Okay, so you're talking about strikeouts, lack of, you know, the, the strikeout rate, your batting average being too low. I do think, this is something actually I've written about, I do think, I did, kind of touched on I don't think I've ever gone into depth on it. I think it's a largely a narrative problem with Major League Baseball. Now, Tony Clark Players Association, he came out last week saying there's you know, nothing wrong with the game which you could make arguments for or against, you know, when Manfred's saying these are the ch- changes he wants to make, things like that. But for me, I would use other sports, uh, compare them to other sports. Mm-hmm. So baseball, they're going to tell you the strikeout rate's too high. There's no action in the game. You're only focusing on the hitter. There's a pitcher out there. This is some of the best pitching we've ever seen in the history of the sport. Let's celebrate the good in the game. Mm-hmm. The NFL changes rules to make it where the quarterbacks can throw more passes, have the highest passing totals they've ever seen. You've altered the rules. So instead of saying this is the worst defense I've ever seen, or the league has gone soft, they just say, no, look at Patrick Mahomes and be great. Tom Brady's still doing it. Well, yeah, he can still do it because you can't really hit him. Uh So instead of saying the strikeout rate is too high, there's not enough action, celebrate the pitcher. So don't tell me that there's no more inside presence in basketball. Celebrate Steph Curry and Trey Young shooting three-pointers. That's what they've embraced. They said the game's changed. We're embracing the change instead of fighting against it. To me, the league needs to just, the the game will tell you what direction it's going to just follow it. Mm-hmm. And then mark it where it's going. So again, the NBA is shooting more threes than twos. 
okay, embrace marketing three-pointers and three-point shooters. I think we've kind of seen that, um, what you're talking about, on the three, especially for basketball. How, mu- how much bigger is that three-point contest now? Right. How much more publicity do they put on it? Because that's today's game. I think every sport's going through it, to be honest, where these guys who used to play, you know, back in our day, this is what we did, and this wouldn't work in our game. There, there's obviously truth to that, but there's obviously so, some truth where maybe your game doesn't translate to where we are today. Exactly. I think we need to find a balance on our uh, love-hate of what's going on. Uh, I know I always talk about it from a hitting perspective because that's what the average person kind of focuses on. So that's, right, what that's, I, that's people's entry into the game, by and large, is yeah. home runs and you know getting hits. When a little kid, what do you want to do? You want to hit the ball when you first learn how to play. Mm-hmm. You don't want to really try to sit there and learn how to pitch or yeah, something like that. <laughs> um, so I think we do need to just figure out a way to come together and kind of uplift the leagues we do have. And kind of say, like you said, say thank you to what we do have. Kind of push what we have. Right now, Jacob deGrom is literally the best pitcher on earth, and it hurts me to say that. But why not celebrate him having a .92 ERA or whatever it is right now? .71. Okay, .71 now. Oh, my God, .71. Yeah, four runs allowed. He's driven in for himself. This is going to be better than Otani, huh? <laughs> Maybe. Like you're, I wish people could have saw you like, it's possible, you know, he's hitting about the same average and no, the pop not, isn't there. The OPS yeah. isn't there, though. No, he's not. I saw 256, uh, DeGrom. Last yeah. time I saw 256. Yeah. yeah. Doing enough. He's doing enough. Well, people forget that he was a shortstop, was a, shortstop. Uh, a shortstop that couldn't hit at one point. Yeah. So he, he has a little bit of an idea of what he's doing at the plate there. Um, but I think you're right. I think we need to really just praise what we have. Push our pitching. Our promos shouldn't maybe shouldn't be the guys always hitting four hundred foot homers, but instead well, just show these guys and how dominant they are being. Well, I would say include it too. I mean, just include it. Say instead. Well, I meant not only. Yeah, include. Yeah. So mm-hmm. give me show. You know, Jacob Degrom or whoever. If you saw the Gail Castro Cattell Marte from last night, yeah, the swing. I, I saw the uh, Marte in the air, swinging it. Okay, show me that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you can show the home run, so you can show that there's two sides to the game. Mm-hmm. Both sides can be equally great. Again, I can be a football fan and still be a fan of defense. Yeah. You know, okay, I was a high school linebacker. I want to see, okay, cool, you still get your hits and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, we're still also celebrating, oh, wow, this is a great quarterback, or this is a great receiver, this is the best year you know, any running back's ever had. Fine. Bring all that in, too. Celebrate both sides. Don't just complain that I don't get to see the hits that I used to see back when O.J. Simpson was playing or something. <laughs> you know, it's funny you kind of said that. I was watching, you know, I was scrolling, scrolling online or whatever it was, and I was watching somebody's clip, and it was like, watch this intro to Monday Night Football. It was like 19, like 80-something. He's like, every one of these plays is would be like an ejection now. And that was their promo. It was these ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous hits that you would never see today. But this is just where the game has gone. And for football, I think it's a little smarter because of what that wear and tear does. But but even then, the wear and tear wasn't a problem. It became a marketing problem. Mm. And so then the the injury, the player injuries and seeing the retired players around, it was a bad look for the league. Oh, we got to get some more player safety in here. And also, Mm. obviously, as they're active, the dollars involved. I'm losing, you know, my star player, this or that, yeah. you know. Um, but th- at the same time, like I said, if you're baseball, just market, you know, market the strikeout just like you market the home run. Market the great catch. Market the good things in the game instead of decrying the strikeout rate's too high. There's not enough action. And also, again, it's educating the fan. 
okay, so start teaching fans, let's say, about pitch sequences. Okay, he's trying to get him out this way. Because if you watch a basketball game, they will break down, okay, this is what they're doing on defense. Here's the help. They're doubling. Mm-hmm. They're this. They're that. Or in a football game, okay, they're running a Tampa 2. This is how it works. So me as a fan, I understand now. Mm-hmm. You know how the, I can tell you how the Tampa 2 works. I'm a Buccaneer fan from way back. I can tell you all the ins and outs of a Tampa 2. Why? From watching the game, they sit there and explain it to me. So give me, this is how the batters are getting set up by the pitchers. This is why it's hard to hit. I saw something, I think it was John Boy, John Boy Media, kind of had a talk with the ESPN producer. Have you seen now that on ESPN they have the pitch sequences? It's obviously not explaining why, but a little bit to what you're alluding to, why is this happening? Because this dude's throwing 98 sinker on this outside of the plate that nobody's ever going to hit anyways. So I think you're kind of hitting onto something where maybe we should explain what's going on rather than just saying, hey, these why, why aren't these guys hitting? These guys are only trying to hit the ball in the air, which I think there's some truth to that. There but is. I think there's still positives that we can take from this. So with that, with all these positives, let's hear a positive change okay. you would have if you were to be able to change today's baseball game. I would probably, the easiest thing they could do, simply move the mound back. You're up for that. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Now, you're going to give a little bit on the, the breaking balls. It gives them more room to break. Mm-hmm. But with the give them a, a little bit more reaction time, so the hitters have a better chance, obviously, on the fastball, but even to adjust to that bigger breaking ball. But move the mound back. Don't be so attached to 60 feet, 6 inches. Be willing to move. Fair enough. Uh, if I were to change something, I would want to see. I, I know I've said it before, but I'm going to keep saying it just because it bothers me. I'm okay with the shift. I just don't think you really should be in the outfield. Okay. I will always bring this up because it's what I see the most. Manny Pachado plays right field against a decent amount of left-handers. Obviously, you should be able to play your guys where you want if that's what the numbers show. But I think there's a certain thing to it where if you smoke a ball 115 and you just didn't get the air, you should not be getting thrown out like it was a ground ball. Okay. That's just where I feel like... Now, I would just, again, I'm not arguing against your point, just throwing it out there, kind of devil's advocate. So, because if you're telling people where they can play, use another sport that you're familiar with. Let me hear Soccer. Mm. So, I can play a 4-3-3, yeah, you... a 4-4-2, doesn't matter. I can position my players mm-hmm. however I, I want to play with wingbacks, I want to play a back three, I get to do whatever I would like to do. There are strengths and weaknesses to any formation you exactly. decide. Well, I know the thing is saying, we'll hit the ball the other way, correct? Is that what you're going to do? Not even that. Just saying, okay, yeah, and yes, there's an element of it, but mm-hmm. I also know walking up to the plate, fielders are over there. Okay, I could bunt. And people say, oh, they can't bunt. No, you, no, you can playing, bunt. The people playing maybe today can't because no, they haven't, they haven't they don't been work taught on it. to. Now, if yeah. I said, no, we're making bunting part of our offensive strategy now. Okay. Any major leaguer knows how to bunt. Trust me. They bunted Little League High School somewhere along the way. They've laid a bunt. Heck, they do it in BP every day. They don't take it seriously, but they do it. Do you think Prince Fielder ever laid down a bunt? And again, not in the game, but in the batting <laughs> Somebody say, you said Prince, here's the ball, bunt it. I think he probably could. Okay. You don't even need to bunt it well. It's just there's no one over there, so take it. Go to first base. Put it base. somewhere in the area. And then guess what happens? Now I'm putting base runners out there. And then your run expectancy changes because now you have a guy on first and nobody out. Versus, okay, like you just said, I smoked at 115 miles an hour, but my launch angle was only two degrees. So there the guy is standing there catching it. Yeah, <laughs> I feel bad for I really feel for those guys. I feel like... Oh, I do too. I, I feel like you did everything right. There probably shouldn't be a person there, but there right. just is. 
I think there should be a shift, but I think there needs to be a line, okay. like in softball. I think softball has it. Yeah, where yeah, an, yeah that little the line infielder little cannot yeah. go past a certain point. Right. Right. And they can't, or they can field the ball, but you're not allowed to line up there. Right. I feel like that should be it. Which is interesting because Francisco uh, Lindor had that a similar idea. He's like, okay, fine. Tell me I can't play on that side of the bag. You'll see how far I can really go to get Ex- balls. I, show that you can play the defense. Man, yeah. try to go, go caliber right. player. He can, I think he can make the play regardless. Let me see that you could do it. Yeah. I don't want to see that 115 by the time it gets to you. Yeah. It's a normal ground ball now. It's not a hot shot that right. it was off the bat. Yeah, hit the ground, hit the grass. Takes, it, it's, yeah. it's obviously slowed down a good amount. Right. Um, I think that'd be something I'd want to see. I got two questions for this. Uh, maybe things you change, maybe you don't, because we're kind of in that subject. How do you feel about the 30 batter rule? Because I know it's supposed to slow down the time or speed up the time. Uh, because you don't have as many pitching changes and whatnot. But do you like it? Yeah, I don't, I don't really have a problem with the three-batter rule because my idea was, this goes back years. I've debated this for way more than a decade with people. Mm-hmm. Lots of bar arguments, things like that. <laughs> Jamal's getting in fights over it. No, there should be oh, yeah. only one batter. Oh, yeah. He needs to pitch the four batters before he can get out. Another no, guy. Actually, one of, my, yeah, one of my best friends, we ended up almost you know, shutting down a bar arguing about this. Like really? Bringing others into it. Like, what would you do? <laughs> but my, my original position was, I didn't say it was a three-batter minimum. My rule was, if you bring in a reliever, he must stay in the game until A, the inning's over, or B, gives up a run. That's a good idea. Would it have to be his earned run, or does it have to be a run? A run. Because now your team is in a worse position than it than was they were, but when, when you, you before you in. So it can only be one batter. Okay, I got my pop-up. I took him out. Inning's over. Okay, mm-hmm. he's out the game. Or you got... You know, he gives up a homer. I don't need him to stay in the game now. I can yeah. Take him out. I remember the argument was, uh, I think they had Showalter on, and I know he, he's very traditionalist. He doesn't like today's game too much. Yeah. And he was talking about, like, I, I can tell in warm-ups whether or not the guy's got it. The catcher gives him a look, or I could just see it out the hand, like, mm, it's right. not going to be a day. Tell so-and-so, get ready, because this guy don't got it. And I think there was something to that. Uh, we saw it the other day. <sighs> he's had bullpen off. Problem since he's been in Philadelphia. Yeah, no, but it was, actually wasn't about him. It was more Bryce Harper gets hit in the face. Yeah. Didi gets hit in the back. Yeah. Clearly, this guy's command today is just not there. If we're really going to be talking about safety, either A, you got to eject them, or B, we've got to be looking at these because if he doesn't have it, and these guys, you know now, if you throw 100, you're getting to the majors a lot sooner. They don't care about command at this point. Go in there, get the guy out. I don't care if you walk them or whatever it is because there's three outcomes anyways. Right. So I kind of think on something like that, especially as we're throwing harder, commands losing, you should be able to see, hey, if this guy's don't got it, you need to be able to do something there to kind of get him out of it. But why am I legislating your bad roster construction? Why is your weird with no command? What is he doing on your big league roster? I would say because there's 28 teams that are making decisions like this. We're going to talk about player safety. But I kind of like your idea where if you're in a worse predicament than yeah. you were before. Yeah, I can take you out. He doesn't but that, have it. Okay, take him out. Again, to use my own personal history, I was a high wire act as a pitcher, left-handed pitcher with sketchy control. So mm-hmm. everything was three and two, basically. Every batter who came up there. Sounds like somebody else I know. It's okay. Yeah. Like last time I was here talking about Blake Snell, that's maybe why he's near and dear to my heart. <laughs> <laughs> it's three, two with that guy all the time. That, yeah. That was my life. Uh-huh. So coming in out of the bullpen, we'll, we'll see what happens. Okay, I can walk the first guy, let's say. Let's say I come in second and third. Okay, walk the first one. Oh, here's the ground ball. Got the out I needed. Skip out of the game. Do I have it together? No. 
there's a coin flip every time I was pitching. Should I be in the big leagues? No. But also make that a strategy for the manager to figure out. You got to know which guys you can trust, which guys you can't. I got to talk to my front office. Also, if I'm looking at you know, in terms of promotions and things like that, don't bring the guy up here who doesn't have the command, can't really throw a breaking ball, things like don't. I don't need you here. You're not fit for this level. Mm-hmm. Change the expectation of the players. The players will adapt. If all of a sudden I'm not getting call up, even though I throw 100 because I have no command, I better figure out some command. Even if I don't throw 100, I better back it down to 96, be able to locate it a little bit, then I'll get to be where I want to go. Do you think that change would come anytime soon? Oh, they'd adapt really quickly. Not as in they would adapt quickly, but do you think that change is actually hitting MLB anytime soon? I don't think so. Because just you can win, you know, somebody's going to win playing this way. It's going to take someone winning with a bunch of rando relievers who don't block anybody, who just uh-huh. get outs. And obviously, bullpens are the most volatile parts of any all ball clubs of the history of baseball. Uh-huh. That's the volatile parts, the bullpen. You want the starter gone. If the relievers were good, they'd be starters. Yep. So that's always been part of baseball history. So I don't want to say, you know, that this is something really kind of new. I think it's just, you run your team right, you know, if you have the right mix of guys, you can be able to go, okay, I trust this one, that one. And also, another thing that the managers do, they might want to try to look at, maybe going a little bit more old school, is in terms of relief pitcher usage, leaving the guy in there. So I've brought in this pitcher. If you go look at some old Goose Gossage, or, mm-hmm. you know, names like that, these guys were pitching multiple innings. Yeah. It wasn't just they came in in the ninth, that was it. It was like, if I brought you in, in the seventh, you could just finish the game out. You've got it together. I have no reason to take you out and just say, oh, here are the seventh inning guy. You're the eighth inning guy. You're the ninth inning guy. Because there's a chance one of those three might not have it. And now mm-hmm. you got a problem. Versus, okay, I put the guy in the seventh. Keep going. So keep going. So I haven't had that exact conversation, but I've kind of had conversations because, like I said, I watch a lot of Dodgers. Dodgers like to get that pitch count up. Mm-hmm. And I'll be talking to people, man, why isn't he swinging? That thing was right down the middle. But I'm like, it's kind of their thing. They're going to swing at their pitches, but at the same time, they know more than likely you're not going to run out five guys that are on right. all day. I will get one of them because one of them will not be sharp today. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what you're saying right there, right? Yeah. I, I thought I read something about Dennis Eckersley recently. He used to come in at the seventh all the time too, right? He, well, he – before, because that's the one Tony LaRusa real innovation was to make Eckersley kind of his ninth inning, you're it. You're mm-hmm. the quote closer. That's the only pitch kind of this one in it. Yeah. He was like the first of that model. Because prior versions, prior versions, sorry, with you know, Goose Gossage or Dan Quisenberry mm-hmm. or Bruce Souter. Again, people maybe you've heard the name, but you know, yeah. They would come in there and they would kind of let them go. Okay, Goose, you've got, you know, here's two and two thirds out of Goose Gossage today. I think we have seen a little bit in today's game, but I feel like there's a lot of bad fan reaction to when you're like, you know, I think this guy's got it. Let, go ahead and let him go for an, an extra inning. He gets blown up. God damn it. Why was this guy out there for another inning? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I think that, do you think that kind of plays into it where maybe fan perception gets to you a little bit? Uh, it can, but you shouldn't be managing that way. And also, again, remember, a lot of this stuff, managers aren't managing by a hunch anymore. No, you it's got, a lot of it's analytical, yeah, you got, unfortunately. You got front office telling you, hey, this is our lineup. These are the matchups we want. And this should be your first guy off the bullpen. This is your first guy off the bench. So if you're already dictating to me this is how it's supposed to happen, I'm gonna let the guy go. And again, if he like like my prior suggestion, if he gives up a run, I can go get him. Why mm-hmm. did you take him out? He just gave up a run. Exactly. So I think that's gonna change a little bit though on your analytical managers 
100% analytical. I think there needs to be a balance, that 50-50 balance. Okay. I would say in the past, what would you say, three, four World Series, it was more hunch-like things at times. No? You don't think so? Nope. I think there was a little, okay. not, not hunch, but I think it wasn't as much analytical as it was previously. It, no, it's analytical. You think so? Oh, yeah. Again, there's a reason Dave Roberts didn't get fired after 2019. He got an extension. It's because he's following the script. Well, <laughs> But what I meant was winners, the winners. Yeah, but the reason that is, okay, they're an analytical, again, how do you not get fired? It's follow the script. Don't start deviating and doing my own thing. Mm -hmm. That'll get you fired. But I would say 2020, he kind of went away from it. Maybe Freeman allowed him to use a little little bit more free range to make your own decision rather than here's the list. This is the list you need to follow. Yeah, but again, you're giving them a little bit more variables. Mm-hmm. And that's I think that's really what the Dodgers were doing. Because that's something that, sorry to, again, again, cover your heart. I know this, I know this hurts. But that was one of the things A.J. Hinch did in 2017. I agree. Okay? There was a couple of instances, specifically like, let's say, Brad Peacock. Mm-hmm. You remember the No, game I game? remember he is very good. Okay, but At points, he, right? Yeah, but he was like a one-inning guy. Like, yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. And one of the games, he pitched like four innings and just locked down relief. And AJ just like, well, he's getting out. I'm going to let him keep going. And next thing you know, the game was over. 2018, Nate Evaldi goes an extra seven. Yeah, Nate Evaldi. Just go out there. Okay, you're doing you're, it. So you're, you're, you're the fr- riding it. Yeah, exactly. You're freaking pushing it down their mm-hmm. throat. Stay out there. Continue right. to do it. But that's what I kind of meant, where these past winners are kind of getting more range. Now, I would yeah. understand throughout the season. Right, that's what I'll say. The throughout the season, you can do it. Season, follow your so list. Much. Follow your list. That'll get you through the season more than likely. Right. Because these guys are very smart and they know what they're doing. More than likely, these numbers are going to be somewhat true, mm-hmm. give or take. But I really think in the playoffs, you need a guy. I'm not saying like Dave Roberts or AJ Hinch, but you need a guy that does understand how to manage these variables. And I think as we go forward, you'll see maybe playoff time yeah. becomes more old school. As it usually oh, yeah, yeah. does. It, it does. Because, again, you yeah, remember these managers are also closer to my age than yours. That so is correct. They do remember how did they grow up playing baseball and how was the bullpen used when they were growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, they know what it looks like. They just know that that's not really what the job description is now, 2021, but they can go back to it easily. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I agree. They can go back to it. And I think, I, I know the atmosphere plays a big part in the playoff baseball, but I think playoff baseball is just is so much better to watch to me than a regular season game. And it has nothing to do with the implications of what's going on. It's more like watch the product. And to me, it's just better. They're also better teams. You know, the, well, uh, the Tigers aren't there. The, the you don't the have Orioles the Tigers or the Pirates. And, <laughs> the Pirates. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> you're watching the Dodgers and the Astros playing. You're like, yeah, it's high-level baseball. It's easier to kind of get into. So I got a couple questions for you. Memorial Day... Memorial Day and Swag Chain, your most recent article on sportsbums.com. Um, tell me a little bit about it. All right. So Memorial Day and the Swag Chain, it came up, one, because, again, Memorial Day is not a political thing at all. It's just understanding factually what Memorial Day is. Mm-hmm. It's for people who were killed in battle in service of the United States. Veterans Day is for veterans. Just anybody who served, grandpa sitting on the porch. Memorial Day is for the guy who died on Utah Beach, you know, on D-Day. That's what that's for. So people like to conflate the two, but again, they're not the same thing. In the first part of the article, I just want to point that out, that, you know, and again, I mentioned there's major leaguers who died in service mm-hmm. of the United States. You did mention that. So there was that piece. And then to move it more to a baseball-specific thing, because I didn't want to do a history lesson, you know, on, you know, people, you know, fallen baseball players, I did want to relate to the one player who's died during a game. 
And that's uh, Ray Chapman. He was hit in the head by a pitch from uh, Carl Mays. And Chapman was playing for Cleveland. Carl Mays was playing for the Yankees. He was kind of, he had a reputation for throwing up and in, also threw a spitball. But he hits Chapman. This is also part of the reason they use new baseballs. Part of the reason. Okay. Uh, part of the reason your batter's eye exists. Mm. You don't just have shirts back there. So... Shirts meaning just fans sitting there. You're trying yeah. to see a baseball coming through shirts. Uh, but anyway, he hits him and he kills him. And what it made me think about was in connection to something going on today, this currently just past, I'm going to say past weekend, was Manny Machado hits the home run off Ryan Presley in Houston. You know, ties the game, three-run homer, one of the better moments of the year so far, one of Tatis's many moments that he's had. And... So he he hits the home run. He hits it like one of those pool holes off the track. Like it was, oh, it was a bomb. Gone. That was a bomb. He stood there. He watched it go. He did. He didn't go till that thing stopped going. Then we get the bat flip. He kind of medium jogs around. You get the stutter step at third, crosses the plate, and they have their swag chain, courtesy of Manny Machado. It's a big old, looks like old, you use a, a flavor flavor. Flavor flavor. I was about to say flavor flavor mm-hmm. medallion. It spins around, has an SD on it. Yep. So. He gets iced out with the chain, down the dugout steps, he goes. You know, yay, 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 party, party, party. And people are upset. A lot of the baseball curmudgeons, you know, the get-off-my-lawn types. Again, closer to my age or older than the younger guys. And here they are. In my day, this wouldn't go down like that. Mm. I'm throwing it, guys. To which I was pointing out that that's not... You're saying that clearly you either A, haven't played past High school, you know, the land of the, again, like I think I mentioned the article, the 78 mile an hour heater. Yep. Yeah, okay, throwing it, guys, guy throwing 94. If I hit you with that, I can potentially kill you. Okay, Carl Mays wasn't throwing 94, and he killed Ray Chapman during a game. But just simply saying, oh, throwing it, guys, is the way to deal with anything, you need to get past that way of thinking. That's an outmoded way of thinking, and there's other ways to handle it during the game. And to me, there's even a more entertaining way to do it. So if I want to give you whatever dance I want to do off the mound, if I strike you out, fine. You're bat flipping on me, fine. Mm-hmm. So if I want to be, you know, yelling at you, get back in the dugout, whatever, uh, you're terrible. I have an eight-year-old who's better than you. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> uh, if yeah. you want to do that, that's fine. Because if he's oh, bat flipping man. on you, it, it's fair play at that point. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> so the back and forth. But let's not just sit here and advocate or throwing at people because clearly you don't throw that hard or you've never thrown that hard to know what the damage can mm-hmm. be done from a pitch baseball for people who advocate for that kind of thing. I agree. Um, I would say prior, I was like, I understand why. Like they're governing themselves. That's fine. That's what they do. However, I also think when you're doing it, especially now, people don't have the control and command that they once had. So let's say you try to follow these old rules. You don't know where that baseball is really going. You know it's going in this vicinity. Right. Well, you have no idea other than that guy that was throwing 88 and hip-checked you. Yeah. I'm okay with the hip. I can live with the hip one. Yeah, but even then, I aimed at your hip, and I hit you in the head. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> that's the issue, though. That's That would be today's Because also, again, thing. that's one of the arguments that old guys like to make. Pitchers don't know how to pitch inside. So now mm-hmm. I'm telling you to throw a baseball farther off the plate than that yeah. and hit you in the hip. Yeah, I don't, I don't think at this point it makes too much sense, especially we've gotten to a point... I thought before, I'm like, why are pitchers allowed to kind of yell and do this and that? But then, like, these guys hit a home run, and if they watch it or whatever, why are they getting in trouble? Like, it really, like, bothered me for a while. 
before obviously i able to think by myself in a sense like we need to be fair here like you're gonna strike me out that's fine 100 we are the best hitters in the world celebrate it but when i hit that bomb best believe i'm celebrating because i hit it off one of the best pitchers in the world cool. and i think there's just that gotta be the give and take and i know you don't like him but I think Bauer's a good advocate for it. No, I mentioned it in the article. I said, look, he does get it. He's like, yeah, I, you know, you get me, fine. He has no problem with anything Tatis. Tatis again with, with the yeah. one eye. Yeah, and the one the, eye, the McGregor. Somebody else hit him with a sword. Yeah, he got, uh, Dubon. Uh, yeah, he got the sword. Dubon hit him well, with the sword. He, he didn't get, that wasn't Bauer, that was Kershaw. He homered the, off Kershaw and he gave it the sword. God damn, I'm going to lose my mind now. You're not allowed to do that to the GOAT. To my yeah, but it's Dodgers Giants. But it's Dodgers Giants, and it's so, fair enough. Yeah. One does it to the other, yeah. probably expect it. Gee, I want to see Kershaw's reaction to it. He really didn't react. He, well. he didn't react to it. Okay. I think he's changing with age too. The Dodgers have a promotion coming in about a week or two. Uh but, yeah, I well, know what you're talking about. Well, maybe with the Max Muncy, go get it out. Go the get ocean. out the ocean. Last time I checked, the players aren't. You know, the Giants. It's not the same people there anymore. Yes. Right? So. Pitcher you hit it off of is no longer on the tee, but you're sure doing a promotion using it. I think it would have been funny after what it done when the Diamondbacks came into town. Yeah, it would be uh, interesting. But, it, you know. And then gave him one. Because <laughs> I know they, I remember they gave him a shirt. They gave, a, we're, we're talking about Bumgarner here. Yeah, sorry. They, we, they gave Bumgarner the, remember when he fought with Puig? Yeah. Like, don't, don't look at me. Yeah. I, the next day they gave him a don't look at me shirt and they took a photo with him mm-hmm. with the shirt and they laughed about it afterwards. Right. And I think it would be really funny if they like presented him one, like made a, like, a little baby ceremony for him. Right. Just in the beginning to give it to him. I think it'd be a, <laughs> hilarious. Um, I think he's kind of changing a little bit and kind of understanding. I understand. The game's changing on him. Mm-hmm. And he's not as old as he likes to make himself out. So, one more thing before we get into our last piece. Okay. So far, so good. We have two parts of it. What are we talking about here? About making the game better? I believe that's what it is. It's your article. <laughs> okay, well, I'll ask you a question. I always got answers. Okay, how do you define better? What is better? My better and somebody else's better is not going to be the same better. I can tell you that much. Okay. I guess the overall idea would be improvement, right? Well, okay, but how do we? what do we define Ooh, as improvement? That's the million-dollar question because I don't think we've hit that spot yet where we found the right improvement. Because to me, it's are we looking for baseball to return to its position in like the national zeitgeist is the most popular sport in America. Is that what we're going for? Because if that's what baseball is going for, they can forget it. At least not probably in my lifetime, maybe not in yours. Long time ago when baseball was number one, it was boxing was number two and horse racing was three. Yeah. I, I don't a long time ago. As much as I love baseball, I don't think it's ever going to get back to that, to I mean, po- that not, area. Yeah, it's not impossible. I'm going to put it to you that way. It's I mean the NFL I'm, has a, they have a firm firm hold. But they also have an infinite capacity for screwing up stuff, as trust me, they are. Well, I feel like the NBA is right and behind And the them. NBA is coming. But the NBA, if you go back to before you were born, you know, back around when I was like a little kid, basketball wasn't popular. Mm-hmm. You Then you did have the magic bird thing that really moved the NBA, moved the needle. And they had a good commissioner who capitalized on it with David Stern back in the day. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Michael Jordan comes later, but it already started with bird magic he saw i got two guys i'm gonna build off of these two guys so now if baseball gets something similar or figures out a way to brand itself as the new cool hip thing i think they're doing it a little bit with tatis they're trying but the problem is is you got like the announcers like fighting against it and that's who who controls my branding so me fan I hear this Negativity. guy telling me what's wrong with whatever that guy just did, even mm-hmm. though I might think it's a really cool thing I just saw. I know you listen to a lot of Mets. I, I, 
I don't obviously I don't get the chance to listen to a, a lot of Mets podcasts. Are they like that as well? No. No, they okay, it's an interesting mix. They actually have one of the better booths in baseball. Not, Keith Hernandez, right? Well, it's Keith Hernandez, Ron Darling, or like your two player mm-hmm. analysts. Keith is the more curmudgeon of the two, the old school. Uh Ron Darling, I'm sure you've seen him on MLB Network. Mm-hmm. So that's brought him more to kind of keep up on things. So he's trying to break it to Keith as no no, this is how the game mm-hmm. goes. <laughs> So it, it really kind of helps to balance it out. And you have a pitcher and a hitter. So he's like, well, why don't you just do this? And he'll say, no, me as the pitcher, I'm telling you this is how it would work. So I think, again, it's just branding. It's education. So it's, oh, I want to I want to be Tatis. Mm-hmm. Also, I want to be DeGrom. Make it where both of these things can exist. Because, again, Jacob DeGrom, if you watch him, he's in that Mike Trout mode. These guys are silent assass- assassins who say nothing. Yeah, he doesn't say he a lot. Get, like, any reaction at all. Mm-hmm. DeGrom strikes you out three pitches, doesn't even look at you, just walks off the mound. Mike Trout hits you 440, just jogs around the bases. Maybe a little high five after crossing home plate, and that's about it. That's about it. Well, that's their way. That's fine. But also, let me embrace, if Tatis wants to do everything that he's doing, doing the most, you know, if I got Javi Baez doing what he was doing in Pittsburgh, running back to home plate and the Pirates being the Pirates. That's and a whole other thing. Ugh. But that style of I'm bringing that type of energy and all of that to the game, embrace both. You can be both. I agree. Things. Little by little, I think we're getting there. Um, yeah. I feel like they're just late to the party on this. Well, they are. They're they're extremely late. I feel like they had a time to capitalize on a Mike Trout. They should have been capitalizing on this. I know he doesn't like to do it as much. I know that's been a... I've heard that's yeah. part of the issue. He doesn't like the cameras. Pick somebody else. That's the thing. I think there's opportunities. I know Mike Trout's obviously number one, guaranteed number one player right now. Well, he's your best player, but that doesn't necessarily make him the most marketable. Marketable, exactly. I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like in the past few years, the top tier players are more Mike Trout-ish. But that's been beaten out of them because there's been older guys. Who say don't. Who say don't. If I'm Mm -hmm. your manager and I tell you don't do this, remember the Tatis 3-0, the managers are basically, both managers are about the same age as me. Yeah, I think Tingler dropped the ball. So the two guys, the two managers involved, mm-hmm. like I'm apologizing for the guy. The other guy's kind of upset. And then he realized, oh, wait, I'm about to lose my clubhouse. Padres manager, you know, Tingler figured that out really fast. I got to go back to the clubhouse with these guys and they're not happy with my reaction here to what just transpired. Mm-hmm. I better figure something out and I better support my player. Again, to use another one of my articles. Tony Larusa, thank you, old guy. Uh, yeah. That's not what we do now. So I do think like one sixty-seven or something like that since the yeah. The because again, there's just things that fans don't see that go on in the clubhouse. It's a workplace environment, uh-huh. and again, it's you see them as a baseball player. These are human beings, and also, I'm not trying to be again super old guy, but you're dealing with people early to mid twenties in most of these cases where this stuff is going on. You're not hearing about a bat flip from a guy who's you know if Nelly Cruz does it. Nobody's saying anything about Nelly because he's 41 years old. Yeah. They just let it go. If Pujols wants to give you a bat flip, whatever. Nobody's saying anything to Albert. Those guys are more of those, like, you earn the respect, do what you're going to do. And I think... Sure, but again, as a young guy, that's how you earn the respect. Tatis is going to be the old guy one day. Mm-hmm. Juan Soto's going to be the old guy or the longest tenured national at some point. They're going to be the ones running the clubhouse. The Padres still have... You, know, you have Machado and you have Hosmer there who kind of run things mm-hmm. down in that clubhouse. Well, eventually that's going to be Tatis. Yeah. Within the next couple of years, it's going to be, I'm the best player on this team. We're doing what I'm doing. Whatever mm-hmm. I say goes, and that's what's going to happen. So if I want to do swag chains, we're doing swag chains. And I do believe it's going to be, you're going to start seeing a little bit more player power 
in baseball where it would become, I don't want to be there. Because again, so it's a job, it's a workplace, right? If I become a free agent, just like anybody else in a regular walk of life, I can mm-hmm. pick where I work, right? So now I'm a free agent. Who's the manager? Who's the general manager? How do they run their team? Uh-uh, you're running some old school. Yeah, that, that doesn't fit me. That doesn't fit who I am. So do I want to be a White Sox player? Still got Tony there. Yeah, he's still here. Uh, I'm, not a, I'm not with that. Let me go somewhere else. Let me go over here with Dave Roberts. Seems like he lets guys be and lets them do what they want to do. Uh-huh. So if Bauer wants to do, you know, the Conor McGregor, Roberts hasn't said anything. He's not tripping. I do think that's kind of coming. And I think you do have to kind of let the players be. And that's the kind of things that is going to help grow the sport going forward. I never really thought of it that way. And I think you're right. I think within probably the next 10 years, I think they should make a push now that I think about it with all these younger guys. Older guys are going to be fading out. So you're going to get the new generation being the main guys, right? Or the clubhouse veterans. Right. And I think you're right there. Speaking of these main guys, before we start wrapping up here, first day of all-star voting. Your personal opinion, you get to choose who is on these all-star teams. Who is on them? Let's start off in the AL. Okay. Give me your AL lineup. From Let's go with catcher first. Okay. AL catcher, I will go with... I'll just go, keep it easy. I'll go, even though he's not good, but people like home runs, I'll go Zanino. There you go. So I was <laughs> going to say Salvador Perez, 280 average, 12 home runs, 36 RBIs, 816 OPS. Yeah. All right. First baseman, I think we should be on the same page here. Okay, who you got? I got Vladdy Guerrero Jr., who's absolutely crushing it this year. Yep. If I'm not mistaken, his defensive metrics are up a little bit as well. Nobody well, cares about it in the All-Star first games. Base. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's I first know that base. I was like, oh, this is not hard. Yeah, um, thir- uh, 335 okay. average, 17 home runs, 45 RBIs, yeah. over 1,000 yeah. OPS. No questions there. This one I thought was a little interesting. Second base. I'm going to say is Simeon eligible at second base? <laughs> That's where I'm going. So Simeon is eligible. He is listed as a second baseman. 48 games so far at second base. All right. Start off a little slow, yeah. but he's looking like that MVP guy a couple years ago. He's starting to get it going again. I think he was affected by that 60-game freaking sprint. Possibly that and possibly a contract year. Pressure always gets to people. Looking down at third baseman. I have Bregman. Third base has not been very pretty no, offensively. But no, let's see. But Bregman, look at his OPS. Or sorry, he's on base. Sorry, I don't have his on base, but his OPS is eight eighteen, which yeah, is it's about the lot. highest. Well, it's driven by the the on base. He's actually getting on base a lot. So the person that maybe you can you can say this guy gets a nod is Rafael Devers. Yeah, I could see Devers. That's, that'll be like my second choice. Yeah, two seventy nine, fourteen homers, forty three RBIs, nine thirty five OPS. Yeah. All-Star game is dictated by what you're doing at the plate. Nobody yeah. gives a damn what you're doing on the infield. Yeah. It does not matter at yeah. this point. The way we were going about it, this is not a fan selection. This is our general opinion yeah. on who we think should get there. Of course, things can change as we go. We still got a month until All-Star game. Yeah, so you got you know Bogarts as your shortstop? Yep, I have Bogarts. Bogarts, 10 homers, 33 RBIs, 910 OPS, baby. Okay. This is where it gets a little tricky in some scenarios. The outfield. The outfield can be a little fishy here. I have my number one vote getter as Byron Buxton. I think he's been one of the best oh, players no, in Byron baseball. Oh, Byron Buxton's been great. Now his injuries. Is, yeah, I was gonna say, is he healthy? That's the issue. Is he's he healthy? Right. But if you're just picking, assuming health and everything else, mm-hmm. Buxton deserves to go. What about Mitch Hanniger? Mitch Hanniger. I gotta take a look. I've watched him a little bit. I haven't watched a ton. Is he killing the ball? Playing well for the Mariners. Uh, well, are you, are you trying to get the one Mariners person in there? No, 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 no. Not just, well, that's going to, but, you know, he's been doing a little bit. All right, so you have Mitch Hanniger there. I think that's a solid choice. Adolis Garcia from the yeah, Texas yeah, Rangers. Rangers yeah. I, he's been absolutely smashing the like ball. I said, that, 
makes what you just said. You got to have a ranger. And you got to have a ranger. Um, somebody who I think has been a little quiet, even though he plays for a big market team and will probably get the nod anyways, Aaron Judge. Yeah. 289, 13 homers, 30 RBIs, 922 OPS. Again, slow starter, kind of got it going. Still a high strikeout rate. Yeah, I think he'll he'll by the time July rolls around. I think he makes. It. I think so too. Um, obviously, Mike Trout is on there. Question is, is he healthy? If he's healthy, he'll be there. Yeah. Obviously, if he's not healthy, he's not going to be there. So for that reason, I excluded him okay. off oh, this wait, wait, list. Wait, let, me, let me let me get rid of Hanniger. I got, I got another guy. Oh, well, who do you got? Um, JD Martinez. I have a DH segment. Is it gonna yeah, be but a... what about Yermi Mercedes, Shohei Otani? <laughs> they all can't be DHs. You're right. Well, they usually take two though. Yeah, but I'm just thinking. Yeah, because okay, that's fair. I had another guy from Boston having a real breakout year, making this trade look a lot better. Alex Verdugo. Yeah, he's good now. I don't think it's wow, but I think he no, he's he could get a push. Yeah, he's doing what the when the Dodgers had him, what they figured he would do. Yeah, I always thought of him like as a Nick Markakis, good outfielder, gonna have pretty good average, not a ton of pop. Probably max out 15. Maybe you'll get a 20. Yeah, that's a fair comp. And doubles guy. Yeah, he's more of a doubles guy. Singles, gap. doubles. More of a gap guy. Yeah, exactly. Gap to gap. Mm-hmm. Uses a freaking like 38-inch bat, but chokes up four inches. Yeah. I kind of had him there. More than like, I think he should get a nod. Oh, I finally found Mitch Hanniger. 264, 14 home runs, 36 RBIs, 857 OPS. But you, you said, go. get out of here. So I'm he's going J.D. Here. Martinez instead. But that's I think fair. Hanniger makes the team. Because again, you got to You got to have somebody. So, so he, he might get the guy. nod. I agree. Um... Kind of going down, DHs, I have Jordan, you had JD. Um, I know you are going to say, but what about Shohei, or what about Mercedes? I think Shohei's going to get in as a pitcher, and they'll let him hit as a... I can see it. So I think that's how he gets his nod in. Okay, so back to one of our prior prior conversations. If you're about marketing and branding, you start Shohei Otani in that game. And at some point, he's hitting against the Grom. You let him hit, start the game. DeGrom's starting for the National League he as should. long as he's healthy. Mm-hmm. He starts. So, yeah, there you go. Shoyotani's starting for the AL, you know, DeGrom for the NL, and Shoy, you're you're hitting. You're hitting fourth, fifth, right in the middle of the order. Mm-hmm. Make sure you get the matchup. And international appeal, I last time I checked, the Japanese like baseball. I think they do. <laughs> so, I think they really so do. now you're moving, making the game even more global. Man. I was. I'm sorry. I was looking at JD. JD's killing it again. JD looks like JD of the right. old. That's why I got rid of Hanniger. Yeah, like, hey, that wait, makes 100 percent. percent makes sense. <laughs> Hanniger was nice, but JD, <laughs> he's doing more. And then on your Don, I think he needs to stay healthy. Obviously, to get there, he's kind of up and down health wise. Yeah. Uh, quick move to the NL. Okay. Um, so on this one, they technically don't have a DH section, but we'll throw in a DH at the yeah, end he's first. Extra, extra hitter. Exactly. So start off your catcher. Yeah, I'm thinking. Oh no, no, it's easy. Buster Posey. I think he's going to get a nod, and he'll he's going to be probably be his last All Star game. Yeah, oh yeah, this will be his. And probably... he was going to go in as probably the only Giant. Do you, could you see another Giant getting the nod this year? Yeah, Gossman. You... well, Gossman is one oh, of the pitchers. Yeah, Gossman not will necessarily be a... starting, but being in I the think, game. Yeah, he's been very good this year. I think Posey, looking at it now, looking at these numbers, has the nod for me. Um, originally, I know JT's okay. Power's not there. I know Will Smith's power's not there, but they're hitting at a decent clip. Um, Yadier, maybe. He'll make it. I think yeah, he's going to make like it. Your last All-Star game kind of lasts a while. I think so, you. too. Um, so I think those are going to be the kind of the guys to look out for there. Okay. Moving over to the first baseman. Um, for me, personally, I think I give it to kind of who's been the Dodger MVP this year. Max Muncy gets a starting job for me. Okay. 
I got it. I, I'm not arguing against And he's been super hot, so I no, expect no, no, the numbers no. well, to go up. Okay, well, so you said they have him listed as a first baseman? Yeah. Okay. The thing is, I don't know at that point if he's going to be a second base. That's all have more saying. games at second base or first base. But <laughs> as of now, MLB is listing okay. him as a first baseman. All right, but Muncy, yeah, first base, yeah, Muncy. Go with that. All right, so. Because your former MVP or reigning MVP is not hitting the ball very well. He's struggling this year. Freddie Freeman, Anthony Rizzo hasn't been bad. Power's not there. Hoskins has been pretty good. He's okay, but that's not starting over Max Muncy. I don't think he starts over Max Muncy in this scenario either. Right. But just as other guys, I, yeah, I mean, maybe. Yeah, Alonzo's been hurt for the Mets, so it's not... Going over, second yeah. baseman. Who do you give the nod to? I know this is going to be a tough one. Go ahead. Who you got? I got... Uh, this is a tough one, actually. Between Jazz, Chisholm, is it Ch- Chisholm mm-hmm. and Jake Cronenworth. I think they're they're both pretty good second basemen. They hit the ball very well, or at a decent uh, clip. Chisholm, take Chisholm. You take him. Yeah. Also, you give me again entertainment value. Chisholm's a guy. Give me. Cronenworth's not a bad player. I mean, heck, no, he's but good. he's more old school. If you're trying to market the whole thing, yeah, give right? Give me somebody who's bringing something to the table. Plus, unless you're going to let Cronenworth uh, pitch, who's no. a two-way guy in the minors, all the way up to the big. Oh, really? Yeah. I know he's pitching the majors. He pitched against That's the Dodgers why, not that because long. Okay. He was a pitcher. Fingers crossed. Lux keeps it up and finds a way in. Oh, I'll have to double check to see if he's got over. Did he get? Uh, I know you to told me he's got to get the WRC plus. Has he got to a hundred yet? He has to. He's <laughs> been freaking smacking the ball everywhere. I was looking at his defensive metrics though. Yeah. At, at short, they have not been good. Yeah. Second base. Yeah, no, he's gonna go in. I think he's gonna be once Corey's back. Second base is where he will stay. Moving over, we're gonna go ahead and go to third base. Do you have anybody for third base? Trying to think. I have to think of the players going through the league. Uh, I got the guy from Chicago. Right. Chris Bryant. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I know he's playing okay, a lot of so outfield. Say, what is he listed at? He's listed at third baseman. Okay, then yeah, take Bryant. Yeah, Bryant's having a, a bounce back season. 317, 12 homers, uh, 36 RBIs, 996 he's OPS. He's played like more left field he's, than he has third base. Yeah, he's playing a lot of the outfield this year. Uh, Heck, David you're Ross got center. There. Versatile guy. I really thought he was going to get moved, and I was. I'm always trying to push for the LA. So I thought yeah, that was a chance uh, at one point, nah, especially when Justin Turner was a question mark. Yeah, he's more likely going to. Mets, they were pushing hard. Yeah, it was getting there. It just couldn't get there at the end. You know, they had the the basic framework of a deal. It still could come back. Wow. Well, we'll have to. None of those guys are put in the Lindor deal. Jimenez and Rosario. No, no, no. The the main piece going back to Chicago is going to be JD Davis. Oh, okay. Yeah, third baseman. Okay. Do you think they'll do like a Dominic Smith trade? I know he's a good first baseman, but to play left field over there? No. They saw enough people who don't need to be in left field with Kyle Schwerber. Dom will play left field on the Mets only. If he goes to another team, he's a first baseman. First baseman. Fair enough. Moving over, short stops. Not going to lie to you. The numbers here aren't pretty, but I think there's one obvious choice, right? Fernando Tatis? Yeah, and I think right behind him is Trey Turner, who's just yeah, maybe just good. not as flashy. Uh, you remember, you probably don't recall a conversation we had a few years ago where I told you I thought Trey Turner was better than. Yeah, you told me that. Yeah, you told me that. Um, now, again, Seager has the World Series MVP. Here's what I think. We'll, we'll, we'll table it. Okay. <laughs> you know what? No, I got to defend Corey really quick. Really quick. This is So I have, obviously, a lot of Dodger people I talk to, I have these debates all the time. At the time, he's like, you keep three guys. Who are you keeping? Corey, Bellinger, or Walker Bueller at the time? Because you got to pay one of them. You could probably pay two of the three. Pay them all. The Dodgers got more money. No Dodgers team. can pay them all, but realistically, but realistically will they pay them right. all? That was a question. And my thing is, number one guy, probably you probably keep Walker as the he's going to take over Kershaw Mantle, be the ace. Of, but now it's a little questionable. Uh, to me, it's a little questionable. I feel like he could be pitching better 
I just haven't seen it yet. To me, Corey Bellinger. Give me Seager because I know exactly what I'm going to get. Do I think Bellinger overall might be the better player? When he's on his high, like when he's on, he is the better player. But I will take my 280 guaranteed, probably 25 homers, 90 RBIs every year. Will he play every game? Questionable right now because the past few years, injury bug. Yeah. Uh, this year, just freak accident, hit him in the hand, right. out for two months. I think it's the same thing with Turner for me. Do I think Peak Turner is better than Peak Corey? Well, there's no more Peak. Well, I talk about Trey. I'm, like, I'm Turner, sorry. Pre, Dodgers, yeah, pre, Peak Trey Turner. <laughs> peak Trey Turner versus right. Peak Seager, maybe. They're different players. But overall aspect. Maybe, right? Now Maybe Turner is, gets a nod. but now, Okay, I'll say this much. I will concede that if I'm running a front office mm-hmm. and I'm giving one of these guys a 10-year deal, mm-hmm. let's just say, even though they're going to be trying to get away from it, heck, even a five-year deal, which one would I feel better about? would be Seager. For the simple reason, I know I can move him to third base. Mm-hmm. And if Trey Turner, if he slows down and the speed isn't the same, then he's not the same player. Mm-hmm. I agree. Game is speed. There's a lot of speed. He has some power. I mean, he has some pop. He can hit it. But I he, hope he doesn't try to do that, though. Yeah. He needs to stay with the speed game for as long as possible. Right. For me. So Trey Turner's not running. He's not nearly as effective as a player. Agreed. Without the speed, if he t- loses some speed, he's he's a better version of Javier Bye. Puts the ball and play a lot more. Right. That's to say a better version. Yeah, no. Yeah, definitely. I don't have Javier Bye as, as one of my top shortstops anymore. Do you? Defensively, I think he's a top, but overall talent. Oh, his game, somebody needs to sit him down and talk to him. Yeah. His game is the best. I agree. I agree. I, I'm happy we're on the same page here. Um, Lindor will not be in the All-Star game more than likely. Moving over, outfielders, outfielders, outfielders. Okay, so Acuna, Soto. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, so who's our third? I know people are, the name is big, but to me, it's not an All-Star season. Mookie Betts, to me, does not make the All-Star team. Not as of this point, but again, you have If another, he gets hot. Right. If he gets hot, maybe. But as of now, I would say no Mookie. No, he wouldn't make it. If you're voting today, if you're just putting the game as games tomorrow. Yeah, no, he does not make it. Obviously, former MVP, Bellinger, not in the game. No. Not enough time. Nope. Hit his first home run the other day. It makes me happy. I think he's been pretty decent this year. Bryce Harper, especially name recognition. He but he got hurt. I know. That's what I meant. Yeah, he got hurt. And he, he was actually hitting, like, right before he got hurt, he had slowed down. He was, like, in a bad spot. He um, a two for a 25 right before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. There's a name. Uh, Cattell Marte just came back off the IL. Yeah, like- 342, four homers. Maybe a name. Stalin Marte, I think he's been on the IL, too, as well. I think. Who's going to be our third guy? Third out. You know who I think could make a real push? He just came off the IL, but he's been super hot. It's Tyler O'Neill. Yeah, yeah. He's been pretty good. He's pretty entertaining to watch. Can run, throw, hit, do a bit of everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, was that an all-star? Is that guy going in ahead of... Well, when I look at these guys, if, I, if I'm if i going off of numbers, he might make it for me. Okay. All the big names. Former MVP, Christian Yelich. Hurt all year, and then even if he was healthy, numbers aren't backing him up. Brian Reynolds from the Pirates. Maybe because that's the only guy from the Pirates that's going to make it. Or, yeah, he's probably going to make it. Um, so you have guys like that. It's just other than that, I don't know where I go. Brandon Nimmo. I know he's no, been on the IL a couple times too, right? Yeah. Like, where do you go with the outfield? I feel like outfield plays actually been kind of weak this so, year. Well, again, it's a fan vote, so Mookie's probably going to sneak into the game because the fans are going to vote for him. Yeah, Trent Grisham. I don't really like the guy, but... Yeah, because again, who do we think deserves it versus who I think is going to exactly. go? I think Mookie just goes because you know the name Mookie Betts. And... I missed the big one. MVP candidate Nick Castellanos. Is he hurt right now? No, right? Castellanos? Yeah, put Castellanos. Yeah, why not? 
361 average, 12 homers, 31 RBIs, 1060 OPS. Yeah. Fair? That gets you in the game. Maybe I should use him for my DH spot. No, put him in the, put him out put him in outfield, even though he can't field. Yeah, we've already figured out defense not necessary. defense not important. Um, so who's our, our my DH DH Cincinnati Red Jesse Winker, or put Winker in the outfield, casting vice out versa. DH. Yeah, there you go. Works out. Yeah, I'm good with it. I think we got a pretty solid team there. Yeah, I hope I'm right on all of them. <laughs> Every single one I think of we'll them. Have a problem getting some of these people in the game because it's a fan vote. Definitely, that's that's part of the issue though. Remember, like when the Royals had like ten guys make the All Star team. Yeah, you should do it. Here, it'd be like the Yankees plus like Mike Trout. That's <laughs> 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 your American League team. Oh, man. Well, Jamal, I think we're wrapping up here. I want to thank you again for showing up today, filling in. Today was going deep with Matt, uh, Jeremy and Jamal today instead of Matthew and Jeremy. I appreciate it. Everybody, make sure you guys find us literally anywhere podcasts are available. You always find us on sportsbums.com, going deep with Matthew and Jeremy.com. You can find Jamal at um, Brother on Baseball at sportbums.com. Jamal, anything before we get out of here? That's been a pleasure to be here. Oh, I know it. I know it. Hey, and as, a, as always, everybody, much love.